I remember him sending his fifth grade AAU team to the Final Four. And, um, you know, once I saw him do that, I knew that, you know, he had a chance to be great. But I almost got in trouble because I, I ran on the court and picked him up. So, so that <laughs> I was a game winner. Yeah, I had a game yeah, winner. It was a, it was a game winner. Oh. And, you know, once that happened, I knew, you know, if he kept working, he'd have a chance. Welcome to Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. I'm your host, Andrew Hawkins, also known as Hawk. So, I'm usually here to guide you all through the extended version of the Needing Dough video series featuring uninterrupted CEO Maverick Carter. But today, we are back with our mini-series, Branching Out. Now, typically on Branching Out, I have an open conversation with athletes who have moved on from their sports careers to create new paths and find all sorts of surprising success. But for this edition, we're focusing on financial foundations. So alongside the athlete, we invite the person in their life who has played an integral role in teaching them about moolah. So our guests for today include a promising young NBA baller along with his father who also played professionally. But before we dive into this conversation, featuring the unstoppable Trey Young, Take a minute to subscribe to Needing Dough, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's fast, it's free, and it helps support the show. Now, Trey Young is the superstar point guard for the Atlanta Hawks. Last year, he was the number five overall pick in the NBA draft, and after his rookie season, he was a first-team all-rookie selection. To say he's one of the best up-and-coming players in the NBA would be an understatement. And his father, Ray, he's no stranger to the game either. He was a legendary guard at Texas Tech, and after bouncing around a few NBA teams, played professionally in Europe. He's been passing his knowledge to Trey ever since they discovered his passion for basketball. In my interview with Trey and Rayford, which took place in Atlanta, Georgia, they share their financial journey and how they're managing it today. So we're actually going to get started with Ray. Oh, man, okay. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick you off. You're actually going right. to probably talk a lot more than uh, Trey today. But why don't you walk us through uh, a little bit about your basketball journey from the time you played at Texas Tech, you know, being an all-Big 12 selection. I'm not going to fill in the blanks for you, but kind of walk us through what that journey looks like beyond that. Okay. So, uh, like, I say, like I said, for me, um, it was a very short journey. I wasn't as good as my son, for sure. <laughs> I... Um, from a small town in, in uh, the state of Texas. I uh, was blessed enough to have uncles and, you know, my, uh, both my grandfathers played basketball, so basketball was kind of uh, embedded in me. Um, played at Texas Tech, like you said, four years. Had a pretty decent career there. Uh, spent some time, you know, back and forth on, you know, NBA teams. Uh, I, would, I would be there for a little bit, then I would get cut, then they'd call me back, then I would get cut. So. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, I wasn't as good as my son was, but after spending some time in the NBA, I went overseas, played, played in Portugal, France, Italy, and Spain, spent five years over there uh, in different countries. And during that time, uh, when I was in college, Trey was born uh, my, my sophomore year in college. So mm. he's always been around the game. Uh, you know, he's had, you know, grandparents as well that have played sports. So I just think, um, you know, he's been blessed to be given a lot of attributes from family members and yeah you know i i want to make sure i give his mom a shout out because she's always held it down for our family and you know she's the one that keeps it all together shout out to that man yeah. so tell me this when you were playing professional and then you're you're starting to go play overseas 
what financial lessons did you learn through that experience? Because I played in Canada before I played in the NFL, and I always say, had I not played in Canada first, I wouldn't have been as financially sound when I got to the league because it taught me for the first time making money playing sports, how to manage it. So what lessons did you pick up along those ways? Man, I learned a lot of lessons, man. You know, <laughs> growing up, I thought I was going to, you know, make 100 million, 200 million, billions of dollars playing basketball, and it didn't quite work out that way. But uh, I made really good money in Europe playing ball, and uh, mm -hmm. I learned hard lessons, like you said, because I didn't, I didn't really budget you know, like I, like I was taught to budget when I was uh -huh. younger because I thought I would have basketball my, my whole life. And, um, you know, I always, I always try to uh, make sure that I gave back to my family. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, I had to learn the hard way, and that was learning to take care of myself first and then take care of my family. But as far as, you know, money lessons, I've always, I've always been interested in, you know, the stock market and just how to – invest money, how to save and just how to, you know, build, you know, build wealth. So I wouldn't, I wasn't, um, you know, that NBA guy that was able to play for a, for a long time. But throughout my career, I learned how to, you know, how to make mistakes and then get past those mistakes. So for you, Trey, like, do you remember your father playing basketball professionally? Uh, yeah. So whenever he was overseas, uh, I lived, I lived in Portugal. I lived in those, those countries too. So, uh, I was a kid, I was around four, five, um, six years old. Um, so for me, I just see a lot of tapes. I mean, all the, all the memories that I have are, I mean, kind of like dreams or like mm -hmm. memories, just like that. I, I don't necessarily remember a lot, but um, I do have a lot of film and tapes from back then. Yeah. Did you, did you feel like, because I have a son, I have a seven-year-old son, and he remembers me playing football. And I never wanted to push my son into football. Like, I was like, you know, it was just something I yeah. did. But he just gravitated towards it, yeah. you know, because I did it. And he was around it so much. Even now, he watches way more football than I do. Do you feel like it was the same way where the sport kind of chose you and you didn't choose the sport? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. My dad, I mean, nobody in my family ever, like, I mean, really pressured me to play basketball or really uh -huh. pushed me to play basketball. It was just something that... It's just in like the young DNA, like my like we always say, like it's just in our in our blood. Yeah. And uh, no, it's just something that I grew up loving uh, from watching him. Just whenever he was in college playing, I was with my grandfather. Uh, just everybody in my family who's always been playing basketball. So right, you never really pressured him into basketball. You weren't like you're going to be a hooper. No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't have to because he was always around. I mean, honestly, he was always in the way. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> whenever we would have pickup games, we, we would have to make him move off the court because he was on. He was on the court, you know, getting in the way. And uh, I remember many times in Portugal during practice, you know, he was on the court shooting, and even though he didn't understand the language, he knew what it meant to get get off the court, get out of the way. <laughs> so, so this might be a hard question for you, then, Trey. What is your earliest memory of you playing the sport? Like, oh, I, for me, it's it's easy. Um, not necessarily on a court, but it's just like I remember just being um, at my my grandpa's house. Like him, he was he was always pretty sick, but he always found a way to to play to play with me. Uh -huh. um, my grandma got me a, a little goal that I could put on those little doors, and. I remember every time I went over there, that's, that's all I wanted to do was just play basketball, play, go to the park right across the street, and then come back to the house and then play on that door with my grandpa, just watching playoff games, watching whatever's on TV basketball-wise. 
and just playing, trying to imitate whoever I was watching. That's amazing. Do you guys think you have similar games? Like when you watch him, do you see your game in him? Yeah, I do. Is I think I think the best part about being a dad is, you know, when you have kids, especially a son, you get to teach them everything you know, and then they learn from other people. So, uh-huh. so as far as our games being the same. Uh, I mean, he's 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 much faster than I was, you know. He's a, he's a better shooter than I was, and he's he's really a better passer because I didn't pass the ball that much. He was when I played, so. He can score though. <laughs> yeah, he can score. Uh, he ain't fast. Yeah, I would just say that he 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 has a lot of my game, but uh-huh. you know, he grew up in Oklahoma watching, you know, the NBA team there, and so he was able to, you know, pick and choose his favorite players and learn from them as well. So that that helped. Do you feel like, and you could be honest on this podcast, do you feel like you? you missed your era of basketball? Like, cause now the game is very guard centric. When you were playing, it wasn't like it oh, is it's now. It's crazy. Yeah, so when I came out, I mean, you guys don't know all the guys that I, that I probably played against other than maybe Mike Bibby, Kobe Bryant, a guy named Baron Davis. You know, it was just, it was just a different type of game, but you know, I, I don't have any regrets cause I get to, you know, watch my son every night uh-huh. playing in the NBA. So, you know, for me, it's just been a blessing being able to you know, teach him, you know, from a young age and then watch him grow so I can just kind of sit back and, and you just, you know, live through him per se. Yeah. Trey, what, what are your earliest memories about money, whether that's spending or saving it or lessons? About, what can you think of? Uh, money, I, I mean, for me, I always dreamed of playing in the NBA. Um, but I just remember all the talks me and my dad would have. Like, we, we used to have talks every night, like, before before I went to bed, we would watch games. We would sit on the couch and just talk. And some conversations would be about guys in the league. Some conversations would be about guys who have lost money. Uh-huh. Um, I remember him telling me stories about guys who have gotten to the league and, and lost a lot of money. And for me, always playing in the NBA, that's all I ever talked about. Was like, when, when I get to the NBA, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this. And then mm-hmm. uh, he would always just give me those advice talks uh, about money. Like, I think... Right, right around ninth, tenth grade. Yeah. So tell me this, Ray. Was was with your bas with your basketball background? Were there certain lessons you wanted to make sure you instilled in Trey about money? Uh, I would say yes and no. I, I think it's it's important to point out that you know for Trey, he's always been in a unique situation. He wasn't, you know, for me growing up, I always wanted to play the game so I could make a ton of money and just mm-hmm. take care of my whole family and you know, be that guy. But for him, he's always been in a situation where I've told him, you know, do it, do it because you love it, not because of what you can get out of it. You know, so I think uh, in his situation, it's been really unique. He's played basketball because it's been in his blood, like he said, Mm -hmm. but he also loved the game and he wanted to play and just compete at the highest level. So whenever that happened, now the money part comes second and he's able to, to deal with it better. Were you always transparent about money with them as a kid? Or was it more like need-to-know basis? Yeah, it, it was more of a need-to-know basis. Uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that Trey had a, a rough childhood by any means, but I, he also worked for everything that he, that he yeah. receives. You know, he had chores, and if he didn't do his chores, you know, he wouldn't get, he wouldn't get that PlayStation game or he <laughs> wouldn't get, you know, some of the things that he wanted. So right. as far as that's concerned, you know, he's always had responsibilities and, you know, jobs per se that he had to do around the house for him to, to make money. Yeah, I mean, that's how my household was too. I had a grandfather who would uh, give me money every time he seen me, but he would always root it in like, you have to get up and work 
Right. Um, so I, I always point to my grandfather because he taught me all the financial lessons that I learned early on. For you, Trey, at what age did you realize, like, not that you wanted to play basketball going forward, but that you knew you had an opportunity to take it to the next level? Uh, I'll probably say around seventh, eighth grade. Uh, I remember ninth grade, I got my first offer um, from a Division One school. Mm-hmm. So I, I think around that, that age, um, that, that time period is when I, I definitely felt like I could take it to the next level. I remember it back in middle school, um, of course, my dad said just, like, just love it, have fun, um, do that. But at some points, like, he, uh, I remember one time he asked me just, like, how serious am I about this game? And like, mm-hmm. that seventh, eighth grade period, um, I just I wanted it to be my job at one point. Playing the NBA is a job. So yeah. I always took it serious from then on. So around seventh, eighth grade, I, when I felt like I, I, I really knew I could take this to the next level. Yeah, and, and for you, Ray, was did you see it before he seen it? I saw it earlier, man. Yeah, I saw. At what it. age of him when you were like, "Yo, this this kid can play in the NBA"? No, I, w- I wouldn't say. Uh, you know, I thought I could play in the NBA, but I, you know, I probably shouldn't tell this this story because I get chills. I don't want to cry in front of all these kids. But, <laughs> but I Bring remember, it. I remember fifth grade AU Nationals when he uh, when uh, we drove 13 hours down to Florida. You know, all the top players in the country were there, and mm-hmm. I saw him. Even though he was small and skinny, he was just the most skilled player out there. He could dribble the best, he could shoot it the best, and I remember him sending his fifth grade AAU team to the Final Four, and um, you know, once I saw him do that, I knew that, you know, he had a chance to be great, but I almost got in trouble, because I, I ran on the court and picked him up, so, so that <laughs> I had was kind of... a game kinda, winner, yeah, I had a game yeah, winner. It was a, it was a game winner, and, you know, once that happened, I knew, you know, if he kept working, he'd have a chance. So you were the original AAU dad. LeBron yeah. is just oh, copying yeah. your steel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was worse than LeBron, man. <laughs> yeah. So did you, when you realized, okay, this kid has legit skills that could take him to the next level, <laughs> did you start training him? Like, were you, did you take more responsibility in, in making sure he got to the level he needed to get to? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I trained him, but I, I always worked with my son, you know, from the time he was – you know, four or five years old Mm -hmm. until probably when he got to high school. And um, once he got to high school and I had been out of college for 10 or plus years, I started gaining that, 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 that dad weight. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was more of, it was more of a mental conversation with me. So I would, I would hire guys to train them and, you know, spend time with them in the gym. And then at night it would be more of the mental aspect now because all the physical part was, has been, you know, laid and it was done throughout those years. So fast forward to high school. Now you're one of the top players in the country. Every school in the country is beating down your door. What was the recruiting process like for you? Oh, my my recruiting process was very yeah, crazy, fun and stressful. Yeah, because um, my recruiting process started my freshman year, like I said. But I was getting looks from the the super high majors, like the the Kansas, the the Dukes, and Kentuckys, like my my end of my sophomore year so me building the relationships with all these schools in the country with all these different coaches um when it comes down to make that final decision and you have to tell everybody no except one um it's tough and uh i had built a lot of really good relationships with people and coaches and uh their families they they build great relationships with my family so uh whenever i had to come down to my my decision, which was super late, I made it last minute. Um, but it was it was tough, but it was fun. 
So, well, I just got to say, I think it's important to note that that was a crazy time period. And uh-huh. having guys like Coach K, Coach Calipari, you know, Bill Self, all those these coaches sitting in our living room, I'll never forget telling my son that you've got to go to Kentucky. You've got to go to Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, I told him that all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll never forget the night he looked me in the eye and just said, Dad, I want to stay home and go to Oklahoma. And, mm. and he told me, he told me I'm going to do the same thing at Oklahoma that I, that I would have did at Kentucky. So, you know, that was, a, that was a big moment. So, I mean, that's even kudos to the whole family structure because you let that decision be his yeah. solely. Like, you told him where you wanted him to go. Yeah. You gave him your opinion. Uh, but ultimately, it was, it was Trey's choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. There was no party that wanted him to go to Texas Tech? Yeah, I did. I did. But he, <laughs> you know, after a, a couple of visits, he, he decided that he didn't want to do that. So he marked that off the list. And, you know, after talking to Calipari and Coach K, it's kind of – it's kind of hard to tell those guys no. Yeah. So. And they have a proven track record, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so you choose Oklahoma. You're going off to school. Ray, what are you teaching Trey about budgeting? So this was very important, a very important time in his life because we weren't expecting him to be a one and done. You know, we thought, you know, well, we were praying that our son would go to school and, you know, at least get a three-year education. And after three years, he'll be – good enough to make it to the NBA. So at that time, we, we, we sat down and we talked about, you know, the money he's going to be getting from his scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did for my son when he was in high school, and I have a daughter who's in college now, is I got him a credit card when he was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So he never got to use a credit card much, but I would make sure that when he did, that it was paid off every month. Mm-hmm. So he was building a good credit score while he was in while he was in high school. Yeah. So when that time came where he needed a car or he wanted a car or some other things, he wouldn't, you know, hear the word no because his credit was yeah. was going to be good. So we had those talks about budgeting and, and how much he needed to spend, not how much he wanted to spend. And, uh, you know, I think that was very important with him starting college. Yeah, and I mean, it's a perfect opportunity because just like you said, spending what you need to and not what you want to right. are very different. And for you, right. Trey, you're in college at this time and – you know, while dad is thinking, oh, he's going to be here three years, get a degree, and hopefully something happens, you know, you probably have a goal of yeah. making it happen way sooner than that. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that's definitely my goal coming in. Um, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily – okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> he <laughs> I, wanted to be a one and done. I wanted to be a one and done, <laughs> but for me, my dad, just listening to him, all I, all I was th- like, thought of going into school was just – I mean, focus on what I need to focus on and everything mm-hmm. else to take care of itself. And um, I did that, and everything sped up way faster. And mm-hmm. I was, after my probably fourth, fifth game uh, in college, people were already talking about me being a first-rounder uh, after my first year. So, and then whenever you hear all that, you just, you think, you, you don't want to get too caught up in that and lose focus on the season and playing. Um, so I just kept focusing on what I needed to focus on, and uh, it got even higher. So Yeah. So as a, as a freshman at Oklahoma, what are some of the lessons you did learn about money at that time? Because it's like, a, it's like a, a middle period between leaving the nest yeah. and before you're able to make all your own financial decisions. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's, it's the first time I was able to really be on my own, like yeah. to say, because um, – me being in high school, middle school, everything, you're, you're at your house. But whenever you're in college, you're, even though I, I stayed 
my dorm room was 10 minutes from my actual house. Uh, it was still away from well, away from home, right. and uh, so I definitely learned a lot. It was different. It was new, um, but it definitely felt like I, I needed that, especially in all the things that I learned in college um, to help me prepare for the NBA. Okay, so here's the part where Trey and Ray branch out. Together, their family worked hand-in-hand hand to help Trey make the decision of a lifetime. And we're here to witness it unfold from the beginning. Last year, at just 19 years old, Trey left college to turn professional. This bold decision was carefully and strategically thought out by Trey and his family. So, you're at Oklahoma, and like you said, you had this incredible freshman year, and now everybody's talking like, yeah, this, this guy is a surefire first-round pick uh, in the NBA. For you making that decision, was it similar to the college decision where you let him make the decision himself, or was it more of a, a team effort? It was... I think it was definitely a team effort, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, a decision this big, a decision this, um, I mean, this life-changing, uh -huh. uh, there's no way I was going to be able to make the decision on my own. I mean, of course, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to just announce and I'm going to go to the NBA. Uh, but I, my dad was the first person to, to, to talk to me. Uh, we all had a, a family meeting. We sat down at the table discuss the pros and cons, just like in college, mm -hmm. um, about everything, coming back or, or going. And uh, so, no, it was definitely a family decision. So did money play a factor in that decision at all? Uh, a little bit. Uh, of course, I wanted more. You want more money. Uh, yeah. But that <laughs> wasn't the main thing. I felt like <laughs> I, that wasn't the main thing for me. Money wasn't always the 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 deciding factor for me. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just the love of the game and me being able to go to the NBA and achieve my dream since I was a kid. Um, money money wasn't, wasn't the deciding factor for me. It was yeah. being able to, to achieve my dreams. I mean, you were in a good situation because the money was going to come eventually. You've already put enough on tape. You've already shown in the games that you were right. an NBA player. Yeah. Um, for you, Ray, was, was there any reservation on your side about him leaving from college after one season and going to the NBA? Well, yeah, there were, there were some reservations just because, you know, with every positive, there are some negatives. And, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't even necessarily call them negatives, but I would just talk, you know, I would talk to Trey about the, the, the stuff other than basketball. I mean, this is a I'm, – I'm still learning every day. This is a totally different world. You know, the, the NBA, you know, being, a, being a, a professional athlete in general is just totally different. You are – I mean, you're in – uh, a locker room with with a lot of grown men yep. you know Trey Trey got drafted when he was 19 years old so you talk about a kid who uh his only job was you know making sure his room was clean taking out the trash you know house chores to now he's got to make sure that he plays a game at the highest level and of course he's going to make you know millions of dollars doing that but it can all be gone as well so you know those are the conversations that I that I had with him and and it, it just basically came down to, yeah, this is fine and dandy, and it's, it's great. You're going to make a lot of money playing basketball, but if you don't take care of it and you don't, you don't do things right, it can be gone, you know, in the blink of an eye. There was a, a lot of opinions and people who were saying that they didn't think you were ready to go to the NBA. How did you guys block that out and just say, you know what, we've thought about this, we're making the right decision, and we know we're doing the right thing? Well, I mean, that's, that's been the case throughout my whole life. I mean, that's not just... I mean, it's, it's big now since social media and I'm in the college and, 
and all this now it's, it's it blew up bigger but I've had to hear those type of comments from going to high school my my freshman coach mm. I mean my, my varsity coach wouldn't even put me on varsity because of he thought I was too small wasn't wasn't big enough and and then I ended up starting from my freshman year on varsity to my senior. And uh, so I, I've, I've heard that throughout my whole life. So that, that never fazed me and that never affected me because I knew if I put in the work that it would all, it would all pay off. Well, he, he's better than me because I, I, I still have a hard time as a dad, you know, listening to all the critics. But, like, I mean, that's, and that's probably why he's, he's, he's a better basketball player than mm -hmm. I am and hopefully a better person because he doesn't let that, you know, affect him. So yeah. as a dad, I think, or, or as a mom, it's gonna always affect you whenever people have negative things to say about your child. But I, I always commend Trey for, you know, just letting that stuff rub off his shoulders. Being able to block it out. Yeah. When my brother played in the, I have an older brother who played in the NFL as well. When I was a kid, I would read all the message boards is before like Twitter and stuff, so we had message boards. But I would read all the comments and yeah. bad comments about it's my crazy. brother and it would affect me crazy so by the time I got to the league I like blocked it completely out I wouldn't read tweets wouldn't read opinions yeah. um, for the same reason you said yeah no that's it's it's crazy because I mean one minute one minute they can love you one minute they can hate you so as long as you're focused on your track and your what you're doing uh, I mean that, that can't affect that can't affect it shouldn't affect you okay let's resume my conversation with Trey Young and his father Ray all right, so you get drafted fifth overall to the Atlanta Hawks. <clears throat> what did you do with your first paycheck? My first paycheck, um, first thing I did is I, I got my mom a car. Um, just, I mean, thanking her and just doing something for her after everything she's done for not only me, but my family. Mm -hmm. um, so taking her to the dealership after she had already picked out her car and then just being ready to go was something that was, was super special for me. I wasn't able to be around her as much throughout the pre-draft process um, because I was training so hard getting ready for the draft. And so uh, after the draft, going home and being able to do that for her was special. That's amazing. Ray, what, what lessons or, or advice did you give him in preparation of that big check? Because by this time, you're like, okay, the, the money is coming now. Let me try to prepare him as much as possible for what's about to come from my experience. Yeah, I think, you know, once again, I always want to say that I'm still learning every day. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in this, in this position that our family or that Trey's in, in now, but I do remember having the talks with him about a budget mm -hmm. and trying to stick to that budget and just, just remembering that playing sports is short term. You can't play sports forever. So, you know, hopefully he, he can play till he's 30, 35. And, you know, if he's somebody like LeBron or Tom Brady, he may play till he's 40, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, or Vince. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Vince is, Vince is my age. Yeah, Vince is Vince still older than yeah, you. Yeah, so. I've seen that on yeah, social media this week. Exactly. Vince, your so, teammate, is But, you know, with that, with that being said, you know, though, I, I always talk to him about that then and now is you want to make sure that, that you put money away to where, you know, you can always maintain this lifestyle. This is a lifestyle that you dreamed about having and you wanted to accomplish. And so let's let's try to put some stuff together where, where you can at least enjoy being a young man and, and have fun, but also, mm -hmm. you know, prepare yourself for the future. Do you guys talk about some of the stories, the broke stories that you, horror stories you hear about athletes that, specifically basketball players, that are way too common in professional sports? 
Yeah, we yeah we definitely talked about that. And that's what I said earlier. It's just about us sitting on the couch and him telling me about all these certain certain athletes that have mm-hmm. gone broke just because they haven't managed their money the right way. And uh, so yeah, that's definitely conversations we we've had. And um, yeah, we we've had multiple of those conversations. And uh, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> has money changed your relationship with you know certain family or friends at all? Oh, for sure. It's definitely people that I haven't heard of, heard from in years. A lot of cousins popping yeah, out. Yeah, a lot of woodworks. different cousins that I have now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, for sure, it's people I haven't heard from in two, three years that are texting me, asking me how I'm doing, wanting to hang out, and um, that's good. That's that's something that I. It's gonna I'm, happen. <laughs> I, I know it, it's gonna happen, but it's something that I'm not used to. For yeah. me being 19, that's not something that me coming into the NBA I'm used to. So that's something that I had to learn and. Uh, my dad always talks about me like how I'm, I'm so nice. I'm too nice. I like mm. talking, and so for me, I had to learn learn different things. So yeah, we we just have we have a great partnership slash you know friendship you know slash son, father, mm-hmm. and mother where we we kind of understand how this process goes. And Trey really bounces a lot of stuff off of me. Like I just my main goal is for him to focus on basketball. You focus on basketball, and I'll focus on the brand new friends, the cousins, the you know all the the, the financial people, all the you know everything that comes with it. So yep. I I just try my best to to make sure he focus on he focuses on what what got him to this level, and uh, yep. you know we'll figure it out. And I mean that's an important part of the process, like having that resources around your family to help you navigate those waters one thing for me was like the power of saying no you know because what happens is people will come and ask you for anything if they feel like yeah they can and i would always tell them okay i had to say no to this because down the line there's going to be important things that come up that i'm not going to be able to say no to and it would be a travesty for everybody if i didn't have it at that moment because we're saying yes to every little thing that pops up along the way that's definitely (laughs) That's definitely something I'm I'm way better at and I'm I'm good at it now. But early on, it's it's tough. It's tough because I'm I'm knowing these people. I'm best friends with these people, and so that's why it's good. Like my dad said, like I, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that pop up, and like like I text my dad or call my dad, like yo, I don't know how to answer this. I don't know how I re- need to respond to this person, mm-hmm. and like he'll just he'll text him. I won't even text him back. He'll send him a text or something. He'll take care of it. So it's something that. I don't necessarily have to worry about. All I have to focus on is playing, practicing, and getting ready. Yeah. Are, are there any habits that you've had to change since you've been in the league and now that you're making money that you're like, okay, this might not be financially sound. Let me switch this up. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with, with how I take care of, like, like my money. And, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very aware of what I'm spending. I, I don't – like, throughout the season, I'm, I'm very low-key. I don't do very much. Like, I – I go to the movies every now and then. Most of the time, all my money goes to is food, like fast food <laughs> restaurants. Like that's really all my my money goes to. Uh, so I don't do very much. So I'm I'm very smart with with what I spend yeah. and, and all that. Have you have you guys had to learn any tough financial lessons thus far in your young career? It's only been one year, man. So let's, yeah, let's, let's knock uh, on wood. Yeah, knock yeah, on wood and come back to this. Yeah, let's knock. It won't yeah. happen. One, yeah, no. one thing I will say is uh, it, it's been a blessing for Trey to to grow up in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City and watch mm-hmm. guys like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook 
these guys that have really been good ambassadors to the NBA and watch how they've taken care of their money and how they've saved and, you know, done some smart things with their money. So not only was I watching that, but Trey was watching that as well. So yeah. uh, it's, it's just this has all been kind of a, a, a dream just to be able to come from where he's come from and have the people around him, not just me, but just all the other professional athletes and business people where he can, you he's know, nice if, if he – can see something that maybe maybe dad couldn't tell him. He's always had people he can reach out to, so yeah. it's been good. A tough thing for rookies to do is always, like, making the decision to find a place to live. How did you guys go about that process? Uh, <laughs> my dad and them, they did a lot of looking. Uh, my dad my dad looked at some places with my mom. Uh, he told me what he wanted, and I went I went to go find oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I what, didn't pick it out. One of my, one of my, what I, what I felt like I really needed was just a place with uh, windows from the top to the bottom. <laughs> and so a we penthouse. got a, Yeah, I needed a penthouse. And that was really like my only thing that I really wanted in my house. It, it wasn't that it was a penthouse, it was just that it, I liked the uh, ceiling to floor windows. So uh, I really felt so like listen, I needed that. So I, I drove around Atlanta with the realtor trying to find the best penthouse I could find in this in this city. So you're, so you're talking about uh, a man from Oklahoma who I've I never been to Atlanta. He's in L.A. like um, I think he was training or doing something. So I had a week to find him a place. So he's texting me. He's like, Dad, I don't care what. I just want a penthouse in Atlanta with with wind, with uh, windows from the ceiling to the floor. So. So, you know, I. So it was on you to go find yeah, that place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. When I, I show up, it. I just need a penthouse. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't that, care how you do it. Him. Yeah. So he, knew what I, he knew what I wanted. What yeah. advice did you give him through that process, if you could? Oh, what advice? Oh, I gave him a lot of advice. I, well, I first said, well, how much do you want to spend? And, you know, he's just, he's a young 19-year-old kid. He's like, it, it doesn't matter. I just want a penthouse in Atlanta, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, so, so we talked about that. And I said, well, Trey, we need to keep it in this budget. He said, okay, well, at least make sure there's room for a pool table. I said, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. And, and I said, what about the bedrooms? You know, he's young. He's like, well, as long as I have a bed, I'm good. And I said, well, what about when me and your mom and your sisters come? <laughs> so, so, you know, we kind of bounce stuff off each other. But as far as the financial part, you know, we, we always kind of meet halfway. You know, he'll go and buy a watch sometimes that I'll say, you don't need to you know, to buy, buy this watch or buy this necklace or mm -hmm. buy these shoes. But, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, he's still a young man. He's worked hard for this. Yep. So, you know, as a dad, all I can do is give him advice and hopefully he listens and he's always, you know, listened to my, my advice and his mom's advice. But, um, you know, I would just say his big, his big thing is just, you know, having fun and doing what's right, but also, you know, just trying to please his family. Yeah, and, that, and that's amazing. And I love the fact that you guys can have those conversations. You know, even Trey being a young guy, fresh into the league and wanting to do whatever, having the ability to be transparent with his parents, say, hey, this is what I want to do. You being like, okay, maybe that's not great. Then Trey still has the ability to say, well, I'm going to do it anyway, and right. we'll think about these things. Because going forward, he'll always have those in his mind. And that experience and being able to have those free-flowing conversations will set him up for success in the long term. Trey, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to a rookie coming in now about money? Uh, I mean, 
for me to give any rookie advice about about money is just to um i mean don't i know it's you, you get a big check it's like your first really big opportunity to get some money um but just to understand like it's not it's not going to be like this forever necessarily mm -hmm. it's not promised nothing is promised so um just to understand that it can go away if you don't take care of your business and just to always put basketball family and god first um and then then everything else will be blessed and everything else will, will come as it goes but just as far as financially just to be be smart with it listen to the people that that can help you i mean whether it's your financial advisor whether it's your family whether whoever it is yeah. um just always listen to the right people i love it ray if you were giving advice to other parents about the conversations they should be having with their kids or you know what things that you think they should be focused on teaching their children about money what would that be well i, I would just say um you know just give your kids some leeway you know um make sure that you mm -hmm. keep the communication going but you know give them some leeway they're going to make mistakes mm -hmm. but also just remind them you know just like trey said that you know this game doesn't last forever at least at this level yeah you know you can't play in the nba forever but um you know i i think the best advice that anybody could give their give their kid is to always keep their circle small i know i know a lot of people say that but mm -hmm. I mean, I can't say that enough. Just keep your circle small. And, you know, when we look at guys like LeBron James, for instance, like he's always had the same small circle from, mm -hmm. from day one. And, you know, when you look at guys like that, I know Trey looks at LeBron and some of the other guys as, you know, that's where I want to be, you know, later in my career. Um, as, as a parent, that makes me proud because I know it just, it just helps me know that he's paying attention. He's yeah. paying attention and he knows that – if somebody like LeBron can play this many years in the NBA, he's got the same circle of best friends and family members mm -hmm. that, you know, that he can do the same thing and he can be hopefully just as successful. Yeah, and I love it. I mean, you're, you're right. LeBron is kind of the, the gold standard when it comes to, you know, leveraging and maximizing your opportunity as an athlete. What are some of your financial goals long term, even beyond the NBA? Like, what do you want to see yourself when you're at 35 years old plus? Uh I mean, it's hard for me to, to necessarily just pinpoint, I mean, what I want to be or where I want to be that, mm -hmm. at that age. But for me, I want to just be able to, to not have to worry about money financially. I want to be able just to, to, be able to, to sit, on, sit on money and like just spend it the right way, be able to take care of my family, be able to, um, at that time, hopefully have a family of my own. Like take care of them financially. Just right. be able just to not have to worry about that. Just be able just to live, live. I mean, live the right way. Be able to help others. Be able to give advice and just uh, do stuff the right way at that time. Do you find yourself giving your siblings advice about money now? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. My my sisters are ten times smarter than me, so <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have the to. Sisters uh, usually are. Yeah, I have a nine-year-old brother. Um, he's like me. Um, so we, we're, I'm about to teach him a little bit, but my, my sisters, one's, um, sophomore at TCU, another one's, um, a junior in high school. They're, they're smart and they're, uh, 10 times smarter than me. I don't have to teach them anything. They're good. I love it. That's, that's not true. He, 
he teaches them a lot. You know, yeah, financially they're they're super smart. They're, as far as like, of of course, financially I'm about to give them advice and things like that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to, to anything, they're they're smart. They're smart, and um, yeah. but they they're uh, I'm definitely going to help them a little bit. Well, that's the cool part about the dynamic of your family is because you know why you've always leaned on your parents for that financial guidance and just guidance in life. Your siblings are going to now look to you in that way. And as you get older, it's just going to grow more and more and more. So now you'll be able to pass those same lessons and advice and things that, you know, Ray and your mother have taught you on to them. So yeah. that, that's awesome. For, for you, Ray, looking back at the way you've handled anything or the things you've taught, Trey, is there anything that you would do differently? No, I don't, I don't think there is because I don't want I don't want to say that I have regrets. I mean, we're in a blessed situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a tight, close-knit family. Um, of course, I, I probably stumbled along the way doing some things, but as far as looking back and say I would have done some things differently, you know, I don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, uh, I did the best I could, you know, as a dad. And, you know, trust me, Trey and I, we've had a lot of times where we, we, we've just bumped heads and, yeah. you know, didn't, didn't agree on certain things, but I think that's part of the growth of Absolutely. a father-son relationship. But uh, to answer your question, I, I don't think I'd have done anything different. Trey, if there was seven-year-old Trey Young right here in the audience, what advice would you give him if he was sitting right here knowing what you know now? Knowing what I know now. Um, just to always remember who was there from the beginning. Um, always, always keep your circle small. Um, and just remember that there's going to be people that are going to come in throughout your path to success. Um, but just to always remember the people that were there from the, the start. From the start. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a hand for Trey and Ray Young. And that's all for this episode of Branching Out, a special edition of Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. I hope you learned at least one lesson that you can apply to your own financial journey. And you can expect more from us next week. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. It's free, and it helps other folks find the show. That way you don't got to search for us. New episodes will pop right up on your feed. Thanks to our partners for this show, Chase. Head over to chase.com student here to help you manage your money today and tomorrow. Our executive producers are myself, TD St. Matthew Daniel, and Ben Adair. And I'm Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk, telling you what a wise man always told me. A penny saved is a penny earned.